This is Control Structure, episode 97 for December 4th, 2015. Big week to everybody listening. This show has notes. Uh, visit thenexus.tv slash cs97 to see them. Uh, I am Steve Norvis, and with me is Andrew Bailey. Hi, Andrew. I almost didn't shave for a week. Didn't shave for a week? Yeah. I go for weeks without shaving. Well, good for you. Well, good for you. So, uh, does that mean you're off work then, or are you just uh, choosing not to shave? Uh, I accidentally left my shaving cream in Ohio. Aha, I see. Yes. Uh, hi, Mom, how you doing? So, uh, yes, as uh, implied by that, I did go home uh, to my parents for Thanksgiving. So, and it was kind of fun playing the, uh, actually, no, it wasn't kind of fun playing the parents game. I mean, there was, it was, it had its moments, I'd say, especially with the, uh, mom must not kill dad part. <laughs> I'm sure it was interesting. So how about you? Oh, I had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, had my grandma and my clover and, uh, ate, uh, turkey ate lots of different pies. I made a special pie. I made, it was like a pudding mint thingy with a Hershey bar on it and whipped cream and things like that. It was good. Oh, cool. Uh, of course, you know, my favorite has been pumpkin pie since ever. So, uh, you know, mom made several of those and I got to take one home. Um, oh, nice. And, uh, you know, uh, so my mom is all with this gluten-free stuff. And uh, she had like these uh, like little like sort of tortilla wrap things. Yep. So like I'm just hanging out in the kitchen on I think it was Friday, and so I'm like, okay, well, let's you know make something good. So I you know threw some turkey on uh, like one of these wraps, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I put on some cheese, threw that in the microwave for a bit. And I think Dad had sour cream out or something. He's kind of weird like that. He just had sour cream out. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, burritos generally have, you know, sour cream on them. Then I noticed that there was some sriracha in the fridge. So it turns out that uh, turkey, cheese, sour cream, and sriracha is instant delicious. That was pretty good. Yeah. Kind of like the the chicken wraps that they have. So... So I actually had, uh, like, huge tortillas, uh, like, you know, like 12 inches across that I got at GFS, like, a while back. So, uh, like, I, you know, happily took some home and uh, had some of my own. Of course, uh, I actually had the authentic sriracha with the green cap and not the uh, fake stuff that they sell at Aldi. (laughs) So, but, uh, yeah, it it was pretty good. So apparently the sour cream just kind of spreads the sriracha around because, you know, that's some pretty potent stuff. Mm-hmm. It like makes it like just sort of like this, uh, how should I say, smoldering warmth everywhere. Sour cream does go good. I didn't normally eat them on tacos. And then recently I'd had some, I started eating it on tacos and I've come to like it on tacos and things. So, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a good run, but I, now I'm depressed since I've uh, run out of leftovers. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I I shouldn't worry about that because I'm going to get refueled uh, on Saturday because there's going to be like a church Christmas dinner. There you go. And uh, the uh, the 
lady of the house that, you know, I'm going out to, you know, she actually, you know, warned me ahead of time, bring empty containers. <laughs> there you go. That's a good deal. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. Like maybe she like had lots from last, from last time. So, and because she said, I told the other guys about this too. So That's I don't, the, I don't think she wants like. any of that. So, hey, leftovers are good. Indeed. So have you ever wondered what it's like to live as an object? It's an interesting question. Yes. So imagine, you know, you are an object in a, you know, like in a Java program or maybe even uh, living in the CLR. Um, it's kind of sad. <laughs> it's so true. Yes. So, so, uh, so fear the garbage collection. So uh, is the the whole story short enough that we can read it it's kind of interesting or i suppose so you want to start sure you are born with no body parts one by one your organs are pushed into you should anyone attempt to interact with you before your organs have finished arriving you will die likely this doesn't happen once all your organs are settled you're ready to start a job life moves fast in java land you ask the universe for the abstract concept of vehicle, vehicle transportation. The universe gives you a car. You look at the car and tell yourself it's a motorcycle. You try to climb on the roof and are thrown off. Catching your error, you land back on your feet. Finally, you try telling yourself the car is a car and seems to work. You, you open the bonnet and take out the engine. You reach into the engine and take out the starter motor. You turn the starter motor until the engine starts. You take the steering wheel and pedals of the car and use them to drive yourself to work. During the day, you need to borrow some money from a colleague. You pick up your colleague, reach into the trousers, and pull out their wallet. You open up the wallet and pull out some cash. You keep their wallet, just in case you need more money later. They also keep their wallet, remaining unaware that you have taken some money out of it, and that their wallet is now in two places at the same time. Later, you both attempt to spend the same money twice, the universe explodes and is restarted. An identical copy of you lives your life again. Subtle changes to the fabric of reality prevent the universe from exploding this time. Your day continues. You leave work with friends. One by one, they forget who you are and leave. You're alone. A man wearing a refuse disposed oh, engineer's uniform appears from nowhere and assassinates you, placing your body into a recycling bin. Your organs are donated to the next generation. You die. The end. What a happy bedtime story. Raspberry? Raspberry! So, uh, yeah, did anyone have any raspberry pie for Thanksgiving? I did not have raspberry pie for Thanksgiving. Well, apparently the Raspberry Pi Foundation uh, realized this, and they uh, released a new raspberry pie. It's called the Raspberry Pi Zero. So, um, as sort of the name suggests, that this is a diminutive version of the raspberry. So, this is... It much smaller than the uh, all the others. It, it looks it's pretty similar to the first generation of pies. 
like spec-wise, but then it's you just have smaller things. So you're missing some ports, and the ports are smaller, and of course you you have a micro SD card and, and things like that. But your specs overall, actually, because it says the processor is going to get faster than the high one there. Um, so still, it's slide up. Uh, the original Raspberry Pi originally came at like 600 megahertz, but you could officially overclock it to one gigahertz. So that's that's what I've been doing on mine whenever I decide to use it. I wonder if this is in core because I think someplace I read them talking about overclocking it. So maybe that's all it was. You could just overclocked it. Yeah. So um, otherwise, you know, like same amount of RAM. Uh, micro SD slot. The HDMI port has been downsized to a mini HDMI port, and uh, it seems pretty weird because, like, one of the USB sockets is a, like, both of them are micro USB, but one of them is for power, the other one is like for legit USB things. Yeah, that seems exactly like get confusing, but at this level, if you're buying one, you probably know what you're doing, I guess. <laughs> uh, sp- it's, it's pretty uh, spe- neat how compact these data. Yeah. Speaking of. Like, it's so small that, uh, like, the GPIO pins, that, like, it doesn't come with that. You have to solder it on yourself. Which, I can see, it's annoying that you'd have to solder them on. But on the flip side, if you really and truly want some really super small application, maybe it makes sense. And then you can stick in your own whatever onto it to solder whatever pins you need or whatnot. Yeah, like, only solder on the ones you need. Exactly. So, uh, and, uh, like, the weird thing was is that, like, the week before it came out, that there was apparently some rumors that another one was happening. But, you know, like, I was thinking, it was like, well, they just released the, uh, the Pi 2s not too long ago. Like, are they, like, going to release a new SKU, like, every year or something? But... What's ironic about this, the $5 Pi... Is literally back on Black Friday. Uh, you remember the nine dollar computer? Yeah, the uh, chip was it? Yeah, chip. Well, they opened it up for public sale on Friday for eight dollars. <laughs> They're like, they sent out this official press release. It's like, oops, we lied. It's actually only eight dollars. But uh, anyways, I I was impressed with that. But then now uh, this comes and it's like, hey, we did it for five dollars. Oh yeah, by the way, this cost five bucks. Yes. If we the haven't said I, that. One thing I was disappointed with with this when I first saw it, and I, I'm scanning through like the spec list. I'm like I'm looking for this feature. I'm looking for this one feature. I was really disappointed I didn't see it. And that was embedded Wi-Fi. I really, really, really think they need to put embedded Wi-Fi on it. Yeah. Like I've had that photon, and then that, that uh, the chip has embedded Wi-Fi on it. To me, you got to do embedded Wi-Fi with this because... There's only one way to talk with this, and this is the USB port. Mm-hmm. So you know, do something with Ethernet or do something with the Wi-Fi. But you know that Ethernet port is going to be used. And you know you're going to want to communicate with the outside world pretty much, guaranteed. So it may, just makes sense to put a Wi-Fi chip on it. Yeah. Uh, so maybe in the next forthcoming revision that they will include that. I hope so. It would be a really great feature. So, yeah, this this thing is really small. So small, in fact you can stuff it into an Xbox controller, as in the Xbox One controller. Well, and by that, I mean the first Xbox, what should rightfully be called the Xbox One. <laughs> um, oh. So, oh. what's that? I made a 
I, I was just gonna say that that made it for a pretty pretty small contact. He was neat that he was able to do it. It's kind of a hack job though. When I read the article there, the guy he just kind of it's like the guts are just hanging out. Yeah, wasn't as impressive as I thought it would be. So, but so I think we forgot to mention about the pie. The one of the most awesome things about it is they're actually including pies in their December edition of their pie magazine. Yeah, they're literally putting them on the cover. I yeah. just just that they did that is just so awesome. Yeah, and and they were like all sold out immediately. Like, I think they said like ten thousand or so on the magazines, and like another twenty thousand or so, like just for general sale. Yeah, I think it was ten thousand magazines. I've heard that Barnes and Nobles is supposed to get the magazines in in about a month. At least that's what the rumor is. So I'm not sure if there actually be enough of them to go around or not. Yeah. So, you know, due to also due to the trimmed down hardware and size and whatnot, the uh, uh, further modifications can be done to further achieve ever lower power consumption. So uh, apparently the uh, I think it's like the Arduino can run like on low as about 10 milliamps or something. Unfortunately, the power meter I was using is not as accurate I was as I would have hoped. The Zero actually consumes around 80 milliamps while idle, with HDMI off and LED disabled. I've updated oh, the power so consumption stats for all the pies I could test. So it's actually not <clears throat> not quite as close in the game. It's still pretty impressive, though. Yeah. So, um, as you might have noticed over... I don't know, a long time, then I tend to be a fan of the uh, Humble Indie Bundle stuff, uh, or rather the Humble Bundle as it's now known. Uh, this, uh, how should I say, this week, this Fortnite's uh, book bundle is all about the Raspberry Pi, and apparently Arduino also. So yeah, apparently I clicked the link and compulsively was compelled to spend money. <laughs> really? Yes, I went to the $15 one to get the the make sensors, I, I thought that would be worth it. Yeah, to get all the things. All the things, yep. And then I saw in there there's the maker's manual, too. I was like, 3D printing, just what I needed. Yeah. This is, like, perfect. There's more books than I'll ever read in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, way behind on what I want to read. But, uh, you know, being stuck in a vault and playing uh, Fallout and StarCraft is just a little much for reading, too. <laughs> So, uh, and now for uh, this episode's LOL Apple. <laughs> so, it was, I don't know, back earlier last month that, you know, the Mac App Store? Uh, I don't have a Mac. So, so you know, like, there's the uh, App Store for iOS and iPhones and iPads and stuff, right? Okay. They also have an App Store for, like, the desktop Macintosh. Okay. So, uh, like, apparently all the apps that were purchased from that uh, suddenly would not run anymore, uh, displaying an error box uh, advising the user to download the program again. But even if they did that, the problem would still exist and persist. The the problem behind all this was an expired security certificate. Uh, So... Apparently, they these will all be good until 2035. So what gets me is that it wasn't 
Apple that figured this out. It was some random developer that had an app in App Store, from my understanding. Mm-hmm. This is something that Apple should have recognized, had on their calendar, and been doing something earlier this year about. Yeah. Not, oops, we goofed. Yeah, so uh, I'm not sure if this is a sign of, like, how should I say, doom and gloom for this thing. But yeah. uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. It's only been. It's only been a thing for maybe two years or something. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the uh, the Apple Show on the network can tell you more about that. Do you know what's really ironic too? Is what? literally like yesterday. I decided randomly to buy some stocks to put in my IRA, and I randomly picked Apple stocks to buy just because I don't have any. Just right. to spread my investments around. I'd noticed Apple stocks were down. I was like, oh, must be a good time to buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just, you know, waiting because a I don't know, like a recession happens like every ten years where everything sells, like everyone will sell everything, and the stock market will like almost crash. So I'm expecting that to happen within five to eight years. And at that point, I should have enough money to, like, buy everything. So you're just going to buy, like, the entire country and then own it all? Well, as much as I can, anyway. <laughs> uh, some stock that you can't buy right now is Dell, because they are currently privately owned. Um, but, uh, hey, speaking about Dell, um, remember Lenovo and how they installed that Superfish certificate? Yes, I do remember that. I have a Lenovo laptop, so that one's in my mind. Well, apparently Dell accidentally did the same thing. Accidentally? Well, maybe not accidentally, like maybe on purpose, but uh, apparently they put a private uh, key and certificate in like all their installs, but apparently they did two certificates also. So not just one, but two of these certificates, like, installed on, like, all Dell machines, and, like, you could totally own whoever's using them. I don't get how uh, how they needed to. And what, what I liked in the article, his first image there, it showed the, uh, like the legitimate one there. There's the E-Dell root, and then there's DSD test provider. Oh, I, I know what he was talking about. He was talking about how the... the Digcert one uh-huh. is just for certain purposes, but then he was pointing out how the Dell root one is all. He was saying that even the restrictions on the security, it's like someone at Dell really didn't know what they were doing, slash thinking, slash care, and they just checked the all boxes, like, huh, we may need something, no point in restricting ourselves. Right. And just checked the box, did it all. Yeah, you shouldn't really do that with uh, certificates. Like, you kind of need to know what you're doing. So, uh, let's move on here. Hey, uh, I think we've gone over this before. You do not use Eclipse, right? I have used Eclipse on cases. I do not use Eclipse when programming in C-sharp. Unless I'm... Obviously. Well, actually, yeah, I'd be using MonoDevelop in that case. Uh, So, yeah, last time I used Eclipse was for Java. I have used it. Uh, It was kind of... It didn't look very polished back when I used to use it. So uh, apparently Eclipse is going to get a totally new redesign and uh, hopefully like some upgrades in the, uh, you know, deep down inside. Uh, so uh, the next 
apparently the next eclipse that's coming out that's going to have like all this big change is called eclipse chi i think or che it's kind of vague on, on how you would say it it's just c-h-e how would you say that i have no idea it sounds like some chinese name <laughs> chi but it's really chi i'm yeah. guessing it is still pre-alpha but uh you know it looks pretty good um like i'm i'm not sure if eclipse like ha- you know like shipping eclipse uh has like any kind of theming engine into in in it but uh it looks like this one has like some pretty cool uh at least some dark theme on it yeah in looking at this now like i'm just when i first started clicking through the images and pictures of their screenshots I was really impressed with how it looked because the old Eclipse looked very clouded, not <clears throat> very friendly to me. Like it looked kind of, I don't know, just a lot of stuff thrown up there. The older style from like the 90s design. Yeah, like UI. Windows 95. Yeah, exactly. But this is polished. This reminds me of Visual Studio. Like, yeah. This feels good. And yes. I think that's going to help this tremendously. And one other interesting feature I didn't really look too much into, I saw. At the top of that page, there is mentions something about being a cloud IDE. So somehow, if they figured out how to uh, make it run in the browser too, that's pretty neat. If they've done that. Yeah, that's probably going to be its you know, I don't know, banner feature. It's it's a neat concept. This is the spark uh, with the particle, then or the photon rather. Uh, that's they have a cloud IDE and you run it and do it in the cloud. It's not super impressive right now, but I think if they keep building at it, it can be a pretty neat concept. So I wonder if this will have any compatibility issues with existing plugins. I saw someplace always talking about it says use cheese or however it's pronounced built in language plugins or write package extensions that transform cheese into new tools and assemblies. What I took from that was maybe there's a you no compatibility. That yeah. sounded like a brand new format to write plugins. So, I mean, it would suck if you, you know, have to recreate your ecosystem, but if, like, you did sufficient changes, like, it wouldn't really matter because it would be so much better. Yeah, I I think that's probably what it's going to be like. It, I agree it's bad to redo everything, but if you actually can make a good, good IDE and then make it easy for people to to port their extensions over slash some extensions may not be needed anymore if you actually build good features kind of like uh minecraft would be a great example of that people write all kinds of really awesome plugins for minecraft as time goes on minecraft the core team has been incorporating those features into minecraft uh various very famous uh extensions or plugins rather uh they've incorporated them into minecraft just because they're so awesome and they're like, hey, let's just put it in the game. Yeah. So uh, you log into a Linux server with a performance issue. What do you do in the first minute? So apparently Netflix has this down to like almost a script. <laughs> so, a script that needs human, human input. Yeah. So uh, apparently like they do things like uptime. And I think this is mostly to check the load average. That seemed to be what they were talking about, because the one point he had made was if you log on and you see that the last minute is really low, but then the past five minutes was high, he's saying you missed the problem. Yeah. 
and then D message tail, which you know shows the end of the kernel log, which you know you can see if uh, like some uh, how should I say networking issues have occurred, and then like a uh, followed by several uh, commands that actually monitor connections and like uh, system resources that's consumed. So, uh, like, for instance, if you can see that, you know, a certain process is, you know, like writing a whole bunch of stuff to disk, you know, that's what you need to look at and to debug further. The so, favorite um, command. What's that? I was going to say, my, my favorite command in there that I've used a lot is I've used pop. I use that for just like finding processes that are using a lot of resources and it's, it gives a really awesome summary of everything. Uh, one thing I never thought about before. Uh, what you're saying about if you want to like store a historical record of what's happening, it's not very good facts. It's refreshing, but yeah. still, it's a pretty awesome command that does a lot of stuff. You can kill right from top. You can, I believe, it's Q, and then you can pick a process ID and pick a kill signal, and it, you can kill from right there. Top is okay, but I haven't used top in a while because I use H top instead. HTOP. I'm not familiar with that. How does HTOP work? So it pretty much displays a graphical view of like each CPU and what's using it or how it's being used. So like you can see pretty easily if like a single CPU is like really pegged or not. And uh, let's see. Uh, I think like some of the other uh, measurements are uh, like a bit more sensible and human understandable. I see what you mean. It does lay out the, the processors and uh, kind of gives a graph for the memory and everything. Yeah. That's pretty neat. So, like, once I discovered this, I'm like, yeah, top sucks. That's what's neat about Linux is there's just a gazillion different really awesome utilities like this. And you have, like, so many choices. But on the downside is it's uh, knowing everything is impossible. Yeah. So, have you ever heard of Crypto Locker or any of its variants, like Crypto Wall? Uh, I, I've heard of this style of attack before, where they're on Windows machines most of the time, encrypting hard drives and yeah, demanding. yeah, it's you know exactly like that. You know, it's kind of nasty malware that encrypts user files, then demands a ransom. So, uh, apparently, there is a really nasty one that going around, or at least that was going around, affecting Linux too. But apparently they did not generate their keys securely. Epic fail. So, like, it is actually possible to recover this because it uh, uh, uses the system time uh, along with some other thing that's easily guessable. So, like, you don't even need to pay anyone. Just, like, run a script or something. It's pretty awesome that they they looked at deep into how it was working and figured it out. It's uh, the the bit defender. They've done a the team did a good job of looking into that. So, um, but always remember that today is International Backup Awareness Day. Back up all your stuff so that if it gets encrypted, you won't cry. This also brings home when I was reading the article of the importance of having off-site backups because if I have a backup and it's plugged into my machine, when it tries to encrypt everything on Slash that backup if it's mounted will get encrypted at some point in time too well not not just off-site backup just an offline backup offline yep 
So, like, for instance, if you have an external hard drive, but it is unplugged, you're good. As long as you don't plug it back into the infected machine and start reading your data back off of it while it encrypts it. Yeah, that would suck. My favorite part was in the article, it was saying that uh, some people were unable to recover their files because the encryption encrypted it, and then evidently there's another uh, instance of the infection on there, and it encrypted the encrypted stuff again, ending up with zeros and files and stuff, I guess. So it did destroy some data. Yeah. So if I recall, uh, it actually got in due to a really old version of Magento, which is an e-commerce platform. I was I didn't recognize it at all. I hadn't heard of it. Yeah. So this includes installations of WordPress, Magento, or other third-party CMS apps. Also, a lesson to be learned to updating your uh, your CMS stuff. Yes, because vulnerabilities are found in WordPress like all the time. But it is like identifiably one of the most used uh, frameworks on the internet. So, like, there's a lot of people looking at it. Yeah, I think it's going to kind of like with your Windows. Like, what does everyone look at? Windows. So, it's probably a comparable thing to that. The awesome thing about WordPress is, like, I've been using it for a long time, and I've seen over the years how the updating process works. Like, they've gotten sleeker and easier at updating, like, you don't have to like download a char file and like run it and then like you know do some commands. Like they've made it to the point where it's easy to update WordPress. You click a button and it happens, which is pretty awesome. So um, let's move on to uh, talking about government and encryption and stuff. So unless you've lived under a rock for a while, there was a really nasty terrorist attack over in France like three weeks ago now. So, you know, due to the, uh, you know, importance of, you know, trying to prevent these, uh, you know, we hear the same calls from government officials saying that, you know, we need backdoors and encryption and we should encrypt, we should, uh, how should I say, restrict who uses encryption and all uh, stuff like that. So, you know, it just comes into just this cynical, cyclical pattern. Um, so, you know, the uh, top people who are calling for this include, you know, the head of the CIA and the New York police commissioner. So, you know, this has been going on for, you know, 14 years even, you know, going back to 9-11. And, uh, you know, it was discovered back then that, you know, the FBI knew about the attackers, you know, before they, you know, attacked. And, like, they did not use encryption to do this, you know. Because they were seen. They did not use encryption. You know, these suspects were seen out in the open. Uh, and they communicated out in the open. Uh, so, you know, all these, uh, uh, you know, so existing tools, you know, the tools were created to, you know, share information that was already had. Um, but, you know, still, you know, they are campaigning, oh, we must have everything. Uh, you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, I was, I was just gonna say about the article. I was talking about the Patriot Act. We used it with the nine one one. How really the Patriot Act didn't add anything that would have prevented nine one one. Yeah, since they so, already had it. 
they are essentially asking for things that, you know, would not have really helped because existing tools would have caught them and, you know, to a certain point did, but the humans in charge did not do anything about it. Which is often the breaking link is the humans. Yes. You know, humans are the weak link in pretty much every security system. This is very, very true. Yeah. You know, you can say, you know, pebcac for something, but in security, it's really true. You know what that is, right? Is that the problem lies between the keyboard and the chair? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I, I was trying to place the uh, acronym, but it sounded like the keyboard and the chair one. Problem exists between keyboard and chair. Yeah. That is often the problem with computer bugs, too. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we did not have any podcast feedback this time. Uh, but if you wish to send us feedback, go ahead and do that on the nexus.tv. And uh, if you're looking at the show notes page, it's right over there on the side. So, uh, yeah. Any exciting plans? Well, uh, Saturday is the opening day for doe season. So, hopefully, I plan to go and shoot at deer some slash maybe get one. Uh, the the uh, relevant uh, phrase there is shoot at deer. Yeah, I already did that once this week at a buck. I thought I had him. I had uh, it was kind of a rainy day, so he was like bedded down in a brushy field. And I was just randomly checking my traps, and I I saw these antlers sticking up. I was like, "What is that?" So I like whenever encountered them, we have to count them now here in PA for certain point restrictions. I realized it was a legal buck. I got a little bit closer and like, oh, I'll just try shooting it in the head. Well, apparently uh, where the antlers at, where the head were at. Was not where you thought they were. Exactly where I thought they were. Like, I had walked closer to it, but I wanted to get it behind a tree, so I stepped back. So it was a little bit of a brush shot. Uh, but yeah, so it just jumped up and ran off really fast. Anyways, so now he knows what people are. <laughs> <laughs> he knows that people are not nice. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, as mentioned on Saturday, I will be going to a Christmas party where I will be uh, loading up, hopefully, on leftovers so I can have some more instant delicious. Leftovers are pretty nice, especially when you have to cook for yourself. That's the leftovers are really, really nice. So, have I mentioned my grill? You have not mentioned your grill. So, uh, my company just recently signed on Traeger Grills as a client. And that happened about a month ago. And uh, like for Black Friday, they wanted a whole new homepage. So like uh, the see two other guys in my company like worked crunch time for uh, like a day or two. Uh Uh, This was like maybe three weeks ago. So uh, like the day of, you know, my uh, CEO walks in and says, I'm not kidding you. The guy over there said, if any one of your guys want grills, just say so. (laughs) So I'm like, well, okay, that's nice. Uh, Even though I wasn't on the on that project, I uh, mostly stayed the overtime for the free pizza and moral support. Um, And then it was a week later that uh, my manager hands me the spreadsheet and says, fill it out. And it was the, uh, you know, choose what you want, you know, to have for your grill. 
Uh, so yeah, I'm getting a grill, like a really nice one, like a five, like almost five foot wide and wood fired. Oh, nice. Wow. The only problem with that is I don't have anywhere to put a grill. <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, naturally I'm thinking, it's like, well, who would, you know, where could I, you know, place a grill, you know, like have it assembled so like I could come over and use it at some point. And I thought about my parents and immediately decided against it. Because standby for garbage collection, or no? That's uh, that's the airplane flyover. Sorry, sorry. Don't need to panic. I was waiting for it to back up, but apparently airplanes don't back up. Um. Anyways, uh, so I thought about my parents and immediately, you know, decided against that because the first thing that my mom wants to do with the grill is get rid of it. <laughs> that wouldn't last too long. Yeah. So, uh. Let's see. I think they still have the current one. Uh, I like every time that my parents have had a grill, we've haven't had it longer than about a year. Oh wow! Or maybe maybe two years, but like grills in my parents' house do not last long. And I brought this up to mom, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" It's like, uh, like every time we get a grill, you want to get rid of it. So. Anyway, I've been talking around to uh, families of the church, seeing if I can, like, bum my grill off on them. So, so, so with on takers yet or not? Um, uh, let's see, I asked around about two weeks ago. So, like, probably at the party, I'll go around and, like, uh, you know, follow up on those. There you go. It sounds so. like something uh, I remember Chris wanted to do the, the time when we'd all cook stuff and have our... Uh, thing together so yeah. like it could come in handy for that yeah so um this might actually have to be a cooking show instead and yeah. not a not an april fool's joke it's fine yeah so uh now i have this other problem where uh i've never grilled in my life because all the cookouts i've been to i have spent not grilling that's been the responsibility of the person who owns the grill well, guess who owns the grill now? <laughs> this is a maybe a small problem. So, uh, so uh, sounds like some YouTube videos, and uh, you'll be good to go. Yeah, um, and I really want uh, the Bauhoff family to uh, take the grill uh, because it's the closest, sort of close to where I work. So, if I want to, you know, grill for an evening, like I'll just like pack something in the car. And then, like, just drive over there after work. And with the added bonus or drawback that Chris might be there. Bonus slash drawback. <laughs> yeah. So. Gee, did, did, uh, did he ever get a, get a bear? Did you hear? Uh, he has a very interesting story about being a couple miles from Maryland and way off course where they wanted to be. Let's see. And apparently, like, getting stuck in a ditch in the middle of a road so like he's told me this like one really wild story um i guess i'll have to uh record it at some point and inject it into a fringe or something ha that could make a good fringe yes so uh aside from that uh let's see i i apparently posted last the last episode of the podcast uh, after I had finished uh, StarCraft II Legacy of the Void, 
and uh, it is pretty good. It is much better than the ending to Mass Effect 3. Um, but, you know, how should I say, it's a happy ending, which is kind of uncomfortable, uh, especially since, like, for a decade, StarCraft was left in this precarious peril, and that's the way things were. Like, I grew up with that. You know, it it cannot be any other way. So, like, having, you know, everyone, like, be happy and, like, living and stuff is kind of weird. Um, but uh, to uh, lighten the mood, I've been playing Fallout 4, uh, which is a game where you spend wandering around a irradiated Boston. So, uh, that's... So the uh, other ones was in other towns, right? What's that? The other Fallouts were in other town cities, right? Yes. Um, yeah, like only, only parts of Fallout 2 were, uh, ever part of, uh, Fallout 1, and, like, from there, like, there's never been any kind of overlap, so, of course, you know, there are references to the previous games in, you know, like, the sequels, if you could call them that, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, kind of interesting, uh, but if you see a Deathclaw, you want to run away. If you can. Otherwise, you just, like, get shredded and die. Okay, I'll remember that if I ever, perchance, start playing them. So, uh... So, yeah, um... I guess if we don't make an episode before then, uh, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Have a Merry Christmas, too. I'm just looking on the calendar when... Yeah, what? Normal week would be then... Yeah, I think I may be up for 29 in the region, depending on what's going on, though. Maybe. Because yeah. next week technically be my next scheduled week, but I'm on vacation, so not going. Okay. No, 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 it'll be 22nd. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be 22nd. Well, I should be here. Okay. So uh, maybe we can do one then. All right. Sounds good. So have a good one. You too.